I was too unlettered to get his illusion, and Pinsky was too polite to make a point of it. He turned to a student, clutching a copy of his collected works, and borrowing the volume, opened it to page 86. The Night Game is a poem about sex and imagination, green grass and stadium lights that turn night into day. It is about the act of creation and new love, possibility. Koufax is not so much its subject, but its solution, the solution to an emotion, Pinsky said. Once, when he was young, Pinsky saw Sandy Koufax pitch at Ebbets Field. Years later, when he was teaching writing at the University of California at Berkeley, someone sent him a poster of Koufax in the act of pitching, a study in kinetic sculpture, midway through his delivery, coiled and balanced on his back leg, his foot the only point of contact with the earth. Pinsky hung the poster on his office door. In the arc and force of the pitcher's motion, he saw everything he wanted his students to know about writing, balance and concentration, a supremely synchronized effort, the transfer of energy toward a single elusive goal. In 12 years as a Dodger, Koufax defined and distinguished himself by what he did on the baseball field and by what he refused to do. He challenged batters and stereotypes. On the evening of September 9, 1965, he pitched a perfect game against the Chicago Cubs. Less than a month later, he achieved another kind of perfection by refusing to pitch the opening game of the World Series because it fell on the holiest day of the Jewish year. Thus he made himself the subject of poet laureates. What I meant when I said I devised him was that I imagined such a person existed, Pinsky told me later. To find out he actually did was wonderful. My task was different. It was to reclaim the era Koufax dominated and to explain the hold he has on the present. What better way than to recreate one perfect game, one perfect night in September 1965? It was a game that paralleled the arc of Koufax's career, described in the following chapters by the poet who summarized it best. His triumph surpassed mere success. Three decades after he threw his last pitch, Sandy Koufax was back in uniform at Dodger Town, a rare occurrence given his belief that baseball uniforms do not flatter those of a certain age. This is where he made his debut in the spring of 1955, and Vero Beach is where he has chosen to make his after-baseball home, an odd choice for a man said not to like the game and the attention it brings him. Mornings when he's in town, he works out in the training room, the clubhouse guys gave him a key. He brings the bagels. On this particular day in February 1997, he was at Dodger Town for a seminar on sports medicine. He had been recruited by Frank Job, the Dodgers team physician, to teach an audience of biomechanical experts how to throw a ball. He couldn't very well say no. He was on Job's operating table at the time. He had torn his rotator cuff falling down the stairs. The boys of summer's past are not immune to senior moments. Thinking of Koufax as clumsy is as disconcerting as the sight of the familiar 32 confined to this minimalist stage, sitting behind a bunting-draped table in a multi-purpose room at what is now known as the Conference Center at Dodgertown. He looked thinner than in memory, 30 pounds less than his playing weight, the legacy of an afterlife as a marathoner. The old baggy uniforms always made him look less imposing than he was. 
His hair was thinner, too, but silver, not gray. He had the appearance of a man aging as well as one possibly can, somehow managing to look graceful in uniform while perched beside a droopy fern. In 1955, Dodger Town was a baseball plantation with diamonds that disappeared into the orange groves on the horizon. No one could have envisioned then the industry that baseball would become, the science that throwing would become, or the pitcher Kofax would become. A pitcher so sublime, people remember always the first time they saw him. Among them, fellow lecturers Duke Snyder and Dave Wallace. What Wallace, a baseball man, recalls most is leaving the stadium convinced. The ball comes out of his hand different from anybody else's. His virtuosity was a synthesis of physiognomy and physical imagination. He didn't just dominate hitters or games, he dominated the ball. He could make it